too slow or and uh, you know it just took mind of its own either that or we need somebody needs to start rebuking devils or something just have no place here um so i did change the battery i tried i tested out it didn't do it it worked so if you start doing it again today it's not my fault or here's your sign one of the two all right a couple of weeks ago we um we were talking about the call and how you and I were created not to walk independently and we weren't created to walk codependently, but we were created to walk interdependently. In other words, um, honoring and celebrating the different gifts that each one of us have and being, um, uh, how would you say, um, committed one another and understanding that every person within the body of Christ has a purpose, a call, and an importance to the person next to them. And we need each other. So, matter of fact, the scripture says it like this. Every joint supply causes growth. Every aspect of the body has some part to play. There's no small parts. The toe, the little toe, I mean, is insignificant or ugly as it can be in a pair of sandals. You know, it just hang out there. By, not everybody's, but some of us, you know, you, you have a pair of sandals. You just can't get that little toe inside of that strap. It just want to hang out there by itself and get made fun of. And people are like, wow, I don't you paint it or do something. I don't know. But I mean, but even that little guy has purpose and it's and, and it's has a significance to the call. I mean, you get rid of it, you're going to know it. <laughs> the big toe, you, you heard it, you're going to know it. Last time I was in the Philippines, I, I conveniently pulled the, my big toenail off. And for months on end, I knew it. I couldn't even ski well this past winter because of that toe. I think it's all good now, but <laughs> we'll see anyway. I've spent too much time on that already. Um, we, so today I want to look at, I want to talk about this thing, um, kind of dovetailing off that a little bit. But I want to look at the idea of uh, being called to walk in unity and peace. You know, we're, we're, we're called to walk interdependently. But in order for that to happen, there, there must be this, this desire and this this mind and the tenacity to say there will be, without a doubt, with no deviating from it, unity and peace in our midst. Now, some might have to work hard at it in some cases, you know. Some of us, you know, you may look at me and like go like, well, I need a little extra grace to deal with Ketrick. I understand. Put a little tag on your forehead, or maybe I should put a little tag on my forehead, say extra Gary's, whatever, you know. Some people like extra sauce on their pizza, extra <laughs> pepperoni, whatever. It might require a little extra grace in some areas, but it never exempt me from walking out my part and seeing to it that the spirit of unity is cultivated and through the bond of peace. And so, as a body of Christ, this is one of the things that you and I have been called to do. We've been called to. So, let's look at this real quick in, um, in Ephesians chapter 4. And we're going to start at verse 1. And, and I will say this, when there's no peace and unity in the midst of us, we're, we're working and fighting an uphill battle. No matter what it is. Family, business, siblings. an uphill battle <laughs> if there's no love and unity and peace which you guys don't have that problem i understand i see you on a daily basis and i see the, all the love <laughs> come on Kedrick. so today i want to look at this the call unity and peace in ephesians chapter 4 verse 1 he says this i therefore the prisoner of the lord beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you are called appropriately. It's like, 
Not that I'm begging, but I am um, encouraging. I'm strongly encouraging you that you walk worthy, that you walk appropriately, that you walk suitably to the call that you've been called. What is it that you say? Well, you know, I am I am a husband. That's I am. I am in that calling as a husband. I'll just talk about myself because I know me better than any of you. (laughs) I am in that calling of a husband. Now. There, there was a time when I wasn't a husband. I walked in certain ways. I walked as a single young man. Now, that's okay if I'm a single young man and I walked worthy of that call. But when I got married and became a husband, my calling changed. I was invited into a new arena. So walking as a single young man was no longer, no longer appropriately or was it suitable or healthy for my marriage relationship. And she laughed because she will agree with me that, yeah, she had to train. No. We had to say, look, the decisions you make right now, it's not just for you. If you want a man cave, that's fine. But you make sure you get mama bear her she shed before you get your man cave. <laughs> Just saying. I mean, so as a married man, my calling is different now. And so I have to walk worthy. I have to walk suitable. I have to walk, you know, uh, accountable and appropriately for where I am in my life. And so he said, I am encouraging you strongly and inviting you to do so. With, uh, and then he goes on and said, with all lowliness, gentleness, Long-suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. There's one body, one spirit, just as you were called into one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and father of all who is above all and through all and in you all. He makes a statement here. He says, first of all, I'm, inver- I'm, I'm inviting you. I'm encouraging you. I'm urging you strongly to walk appropriately to where you are in life, in this calling that you're in. And then he goes on, and do this with all lowliness, gentleness, long-suffering, you know, in love. In verse 3, endeavoring to keep the unity. Endeavoring. That word, you find words, haste, be swift about it. Don't, don't hesitate. Don't, don't like, well, you know, I'll, I'll cultivate this relationship or the relationships that I'm in. I'll do that at some point when I have to. No, 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 no. He said, you be quick about it. And another, another word in there you find is to be diligent about it. Don't overlook this part. He said, endeavor to keep the unity of the spirit. And I love it. I love it. I love it. Because when I think about as we gather and come together, I'm just using this circle of friends, this circle of family, or maybe in your home, this circle of friends and this circle of family. He's invited me, number one, to be when I come home or in my home to walk appropriately. Now, seasons have changed. Years have changed. There was a time when this one was still in the mind of God. Not in the, <laughs> not in the household of the Stiggers. And this one was still a wee bit little chicken. There was a way that I walked and I entertained and I, and I carried myself as a dad. And I protected and I kept and we nurtured. Then she grew up a little bit and then long came the one that she prayed for, by the way. And well, we often tell her, if you don't like what she's doing, remember you prayed for her. So here she is. Here's your gift. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord, everybody. But she came anyhow. And here she is as a little one. So we nurtured and we cared for and we loved her on a certain level. But now they've gotten to a place where she is no longer two and she's no longer eight but she is 21 and she is 28 
And so my approach in this arena is different. I don't walk the same way. I can't walk the same way. But there is an atmosphere within our home that if we're going to keep it at a level where there is prosperity and there is uh, um, a healthy bond, I must recognize those who are in my midst and walk appropriately according to it. I can tell her when she does something to get on my nerve, you're grounded. Hey, just see exhibit A. That's what happened. Or, as Shelly loved me to do, go get my belt. We've got to have a, a discipline session. We have a battle. But he said, look, <laughs> endeavor to keep the unity of the spirit. And I like to see it as the unity of the atmosphere. The unity, the presence within the home. The atmosphere within my home. What am I doing that's helping to cultivate that unity? That spirit of unity through peace. If I do it right, if I walk appropriately, I believe the Lord will be glorified and the blessings of God will flow in our midst. We're called to create these atmospheres where we can walk without the strain of disunity. Or brokenness. You know, a few weeks ago, we, when we were talking about the whole thing about interdependent, and one of the things we found out that when the children of Israel had done crazy stuff in the sight of the Lord, and, and he kind of put them in time out, and he allowed the Midianites and the Amalekites to come in and, and just rip up their land, and they couldn't grow anything. Everything just, just, just was destroyed because of the enemy. And, we, and one of the enemies that they had to deal with was the Midianites. And the Bible says they were impoverished because of the Midianites. And when you look up that word Midian, Midian is the word strife. So when strife was allowed to come in because they did not cultivate the right atmosphere, it brought poverty in the midst of their family, if you would, or in the middle of their nation. And one of the things that we find here, he says, Endeavor to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. One of the words we find with peace is the word prosperity. So when I exercise, if you would, the, 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 the peace or cultivating the peace in our midst, it creates the atmosphere for prosperity to flow in whatever area. It doesn't necessarily mean uh, always financial or monetary things. But when I am not prospering in my peace bucket, a lot of bad things start happening in my emotions. And, and even when my relationships, I, I, I destroy those things that I've worked so hard to try to create. Because instead of prosperity, I've allowed strife. I've allowed the Midianites to come in and go, now there's poverty. In my spirit. But here's Paul said, guys, hear me well. Hear me well. Endeavor to keep the spirit, the atmosphere, the air. We don't come together and sing Kumbaya just to have a good light show. I mean, because sometimes we will, if we could just, if we just make it look good. Because some of us do that. We try to make it look good sometimes, honey. I mean, you know, young man, he's married. Oh, I got my girl here. Man, woohoo! we're making a good show of it. We drive five hours to visit the mom, and man, we're making a good show of it. But there were still some things in me trying. I wasn't walking worthy of the, of the married kind. I'm still trying to be the single kind. And, and the mama kind wasn't having nothing to do with that. And you're like, you know what? You can't do that. We ain't, we ain't about that. You have to walk worthy of the vocation that you've been called. And so God came in 
and obviously had to deal with me. And that story kind of went about like, hey, and we'll read this later. Why are you dealing treacherously with the wife of your youth? I'm like, huh? Yeah. Yeah, it's in the scripture of Malachi. I read it. I mean, shot me right in the I'm like, what? You can't see the forest for the trees. And so he dealt. So he created or he, he worked on me. To begin to walk in this place where I was consciously working on the spirit of unity. Where it wasn't just a show anymore. It wasn't just a show where, honey, we're, we're doing good, right? We're doing good. We, we. But we get home and it's like, God, she go to her corner, I go to mine. God's like, that's not working on the spirit of unity. If no one else is watching, if no one else is in the room, if, if no one else is at the church, if, if, if all the visitors go away, what does the family do? Because some of us, we don't clean our house, the visitors are coming, right? Don't raise your hand. I don't, that's your business. You and the Lord have to work that out. But some of us are that way. Hey, so-and-so, so-and-so coming. Hey, let's start cleaning. Vacuuming all around, you know, oh, get the pillows up, oh, clean up this, clean up that. Why? We're putting on the show and we have a form of unity, but we don't have the power in the middle of it to make it real. So he said, endeavor, put forth the effort, be intentional and be diligent about keeping the unity of the spirit to life. So it's like, it's not a show. It's not even an, an act. It's not something I have to put on. It's like, no, this is what we're going to have. And that's when I start working on myself and going like, you know what? It's not about what Sue does. It's not about what she's not doing. Kedrick, what are you doing? What's your part in seeing to it that unity has its place? That it has its place. It's, I invite you. I encourage you. I I, I, I charge you, if you want to use a King James word, I charge you to be diligent in seeing that the unity of the spirit and the atmosphere. That's what I want in our church. When, you, when, when people walk in, it's not like they walk in and feel like, ooh, I had to come through a curtain. Of, I had to wrestle just to get through the door. There wasn't nobody there. It just, just felt like there was something oh. There was, there was something. No. But when you come in, there's a like, come in. It's like, whoa. It's like bathing in a pool of salt water. Just rest. Because the presence of the Lord has set the atmosphere where the unity of the Spirit has been cultivated. But this is what he said. He, he goes on. He says, Keep the unity of the spirit in the bond. I like this part. In the bond of peace. This is how it happened. There's a way that this happens. And the way that it happens is through this peace. And, and peace is like, well, he used the word bond. And that word bond, you find the word is in the, in the Greek, a joint tie or a ligament. It's, I've watched athletes, you know, or people who you know, do things strenuous with their legs or whatever and, and they're, they're able to do it and they're strong when the, when the ligament is strong. But somehow through activity, extraneous activity, they injure their leg or injure their knee and it's interesting how they can kind of walk on it for a while but the wrong movement, if that ligament isn't strong, if it's been strained, if it's been torn, if that ACL has been tampered with, you could be walking along and all of a sudden that bad boy just woohoo! pain and you just you're out of motion you're out of rhythm and the thing that was there to hold these limbs together didn't have the strength to keep you from falling peace in the midst is that joint tie it's that thing that keep <laughs> this together properly this together properly if I don't allow it to be strained or torn or broken. 
He said, endeavor to keep the unity of the spirit. How are we going to do that? In the bond, the joint tie. Keep your ligaments strong. What's the ligaments? The peace factor. Now, I can say, that's right, Jerker. You got to make sure that I have peace. <laughs> right? Right? I mean, after all, it's everybody else's responsibility that I have peace, right? Come on, let's just be real. I'm not saying that that's right. I'm just saying that sometimes some people may think that. I don't know. We were talking about this the other day. It's <laughs> like, you know, somebody can get mad at you. Well, you made me angry or whatever. It's like, well, you know, I don't have that kind of authority to make you act like that. You choked. That was your emotional outburst. You allowed that to happen. I can't make you do that. I don't have that authority in your life. I don't have that kind of strength. I don't have that much power. You're giving me too much credit. But it's your responsibility to help me to remain peaceful, to keep my joints lined up. No, 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 no. Keith, it's your responsibility to deal with your peace. You know, I've, I've said this before, and I said it because I heard someone else say it. So, you know, if somebody's getting your goat, that means you got a goat to get. <laughs> so just maybe I need to cut that goat loose. Get rid of the goat. Maybe invest in sheep. I don't know. But do something. Do something <laughs> about the goat and don't give anyone else the power to strain your ligaments. Anyone else break your joint ties or you're now limping? Things happen. Like I said, some of us, we need to sign on ahead, apply extra grace. I know it, it, it happens. And we, we live in a world. I mean, we, it's, this world that we live in is like a lab experiment of love. It's just where we are. It's, you know, we do, but we get to exercise. We have the opportunity to exercise and to get it right. And even if I don't get it right today, I get another chance tomorrow by the grace of God to strengthen those ligaments so that unity of the spirit will exist in our, in our families, in our churches, in our businesses, in our communities. I love when the scripture says as much as it lies within me, I think you may say. Live peaceably with all men. As much as I can do it, as much as I can muster it up. Now, a lot of times when you start trying to exercise that in your spirit, you get placed among people who think, act, smell, talk, wait, the polar opposite than you. I mean, it's kind of like they're taking smoke and just blowing it in your eyes. <laughs> I can't stand being here. I know, isn't it great? Because what, what, what we're doing is strengthening your ligament so you can stand in a place where there's no unit peace and there's no unity. You have an opportunity to exercise it and create an atmosphere where the unity of the spirit can exist. Because I've chosen to strengthen my ligaments and help them with theirs if the need still arise. Woo-hoo. Amen, Pastor. We're just going to move right on down the road on that one. All right. Sure. Sure enough. All right. In our families, it's important. And there's a reason for it. Malachi chapter 2. I, I mean, I quoted this earlier. Chapter 2 and verse 15 says, But did he not make them one, having a remnant of the Spirit? And why one? He seeks godly offspring. Therefore, take heed to your spirit and let none deal treacherously, inappropriately. <laughs> this is where he got me, okay? Remember I mentioned her? This is where God got me. Let none deal inappropriately with the wife of their youth. For all you youthful guys with the youthful wives and those who tend to do so at some other time. Anyway, let none deal treacherously with the wife of their youth. And I was not acting appropriately. I wasn't walking worthy of my call 
He said, but I made you one for this reason, that you will create and produce generational peace and blessings in the earth, that you will have godly offsprings. He bring you together to create peace, to create unity, not just for you, but for you and for the days ahead. For the days ahead. Those See, some of us, we've had the privilege to walk through family lives and things growing up where there wasn't a lot of peace. There may have been fighting. There may have been turmoil. A lot of young men, you you wonder, why do they, why do they treat their significant others that way? Why, Why would a guy would even think to put his hands on a, on a young lady in a, harmful manner why would he even think to be abusive towards his children in a harmful manner some people that was the only model they had growing up how to deal with confrontation when you disagreed with me this is how i handle it when mom and daddy disagreed with each other what did you see what happened how did they speak to one another did they speak to one another in honor did they speak to one another in respect or did they speak to one another in selfish uh, outburst to just to get the point across that they're right. If that's me, if that's what I'm doing, what I'm doing, I'm planning an idea. I'm creating a model for my children, for my offspring to see. And oftentimes they follow the pattern of those that they've watched through their lives. And we wonder why people do what they do to other people that's ungodly is because the model that they've seen was not that that was creating the unity of peace. So what does Ketrick do? He didn't know how to act like a married man when he first got married until he, you know, was kind of told, okay, we're going to stop that. <laughs> that's not a thing. You just That's not going to happen. And where, okay, I'm going to tell you what she did for for. In case you young ladies are wondering, well, what changed him? Well, she didn't nag me. She didn't do that. No, no, she didn't do that. But what she did wasn't right. It wasn't fair. No, no. Okay, maybe. This is what she did. Okay, um, God, this is your boy. You deal with him. Really? Like that's a fair fight. You know, I mean, that's over right there. She didn't come into the room and start storming in and busting down the door. She was like, God, this is your man. This is your boy. Because she was done. <laughs> she was done. Like, this is your boy. You deal with him. Hands off. And that somewhere along the line, God thought it was appropriate to meddle in my business. <laughs> and so somewhere along the line, he introduced me to this scripture. It's like, what you doing? And as you read on, he said, I was there when your vows were made. I was there when you said those things. I was there. I heard you. What you doing? Why are you being inappropriate towards my daughter? Oftentimes, people will model what's been modeled for them. And God said, in the family, This is why I brought you together for one, to be one. Not so you could just have the biggest things and the finest things, but you will bring forth a godly offspring. That you will create an atmosphere for the next generation that's endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. And the families, that's so important. So important. So let's move on. I'm, I'm going to mm, get past this. We, we're not going to just labor on that because we could talk anyway. So how do we do this? What are we going to do to produce, to walk in this bond of peace? I mean, he spelled it out for us. He walked it out for us. But just real quick. Move on. And Mark chapter. What is that? Chapter nine. Verse. Verse 33. One of the ways that you and I. Walk out this or produce, cultivate this bond of peace so that the unity of the spirit is healthy. It's the walk in lowliness. 
he, he said that in that particular scripture. You know, he goes down to that, you know, the lowliness, the gentleness, you know, but walk in lowliness. And lowliness, it simply means walk humbly. To not to think more highly of yourself than you ought to. N- not, not to put yourself in a position where other people are beneath you. Now, I do want to say this before because I don't want us to grab a hold of this uh, false humility either because there is a false humility that happened among some people who's like well you know brother i'm just i'm just a worm and you're the hook or i'm the worm and you're the fish do with me as you will because i'm humble no 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 humility is not self-abasement putting myself down, but being humble is putting other people up where I can help them become who they're supposed to be. Now, this story right here is very interesting because these guys, they were, you know, they're fishermen, they were lawyers, they they were just all, you know, from all walks of life. But when they connected with Jesus, you know, they go on these journeys and they get on these journeys, they would do and say silly things. They find themselves in the middle of conversations. And Jesus is like, what was that all about? Uh, I don't know, it was Peter. <laughs> nothing, nothing at all. But check this out. He says, then he came to Capernaum. And when they was in the house, he asked them, what was it you disputed about among yourselves on the road? Because they were walking before they got there. They arguing between each other. <laughs> Loneliness was not in the atmosphere. They're arguing between each other. Who's going to be the greatest? Who's, who's going to be the apostle? Who's going to be the, who's going to be the chieftain? Ask me. But why, why is you? Because, you know, I'm a fisherman and I can draw fish better than, better than any of you. Well, I'm a lawyer. I can do, well, you know, I'm a doc. <laughs> I love it. Jesus just have a way. So what was this conversation you guys having? Were you walking along the road? And this, check out what it says. But they kept silent. <laughs> What? What were you talking about? It's nothing. Shelly, what were you and Jericho doing in that room? I heard some bumping going on. Nothing, Daddy. Oh, really? Check this out. But they kept silent. For on the road, they had disputed among themselves who would be the greatest. And he sat down, called the twelve, and said to them, If anyone desire to be first, he shall be the last of all. And servants of all. I didn't bring it. I was going to bring it. I, I should have brought it. Oh, you want to be the first? Husband, husband. I love this. I love this because in the church world, we have, we have major on scriptures like the husband being the head. <laughs> oh, especially those husbands who the pastor, who the preacher, who think of that. The husband is the head of the wife and the wife is the, you know, we're going down, you know, just, just that head thing. We are just, we're the boss is what that's saying. Problem with that is that ain't what that means. <laughs> because what it actually means is the head is it's, it's, it's like a the, the, when it talks about the husband being a head, the definition of that means to most easily grabbed. It's 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 like a grappling or wrestling technique. It's when two people in the ring and and Leo, could I borrow your assistance for a moment, sir? Sure. Would you mind? Well, let's give Leo a hand. We? All right, all right. Found a gift. Yeah, yeah. And these guys, you know, lay it, lay it down right here. Well, well, no, no. I don't want you. No, I don't want us to break the table. You know, Kim won't appreciate that. But I mean, these guys, you know, the head. These guys. The picture of this is you in the wrestling ring, and what wrestlers do, they're trying to get the other one on the ground. And what you're going to do, you, right here. I'll be humble. We, we, we humble. You, you grab right here. And wherever the head goes, the body is going to go. Or maybe he grabbed me here and he's pulling me down and he's trying to, you know, that's the most easiest thing to grab is the head. And so, thank you, sir. You, you, you thank you. I'll let you tie me up later and I'll tap out. Okay. What he said, the husband, you're the head. You're the most easily grabbed in the family. 
if there is something happening, if there is some anguish, if there is some distress, we're not going to pretend we're Adam and go, God, it was the woman you gave me. Hell <laughs> no, all right. Yeah, yeah. But I think I told you what to do. So when things are happening, when there's responsibility to be taken, I can't sit on the couch and watch Sue go down to the social service office and bring back the food stamps while I'm paying, playing my Xbox. I said, no, 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 no. Husband, yes, you are the head. That means you are most easily grabbed. You put yourself in a position that no matter what happens, I'm putting myself up front to take care of the house. <laughs> I love teaching my daughters that. And I tell them I will be your boyfriend's worst nightmare. Not because of what I say or do. Because of what I've modeled for them to see. And how I've treated them as women who deserves honor. You can be a knucklehead if you want. And if she can't handle you, she got a daddy. Daddy got friends. <laughs> Which we talk about a lot. Uncle Kenneth show up, he's going to take it. That's right. He got this. We are single, everyone. <laughs> we are single. <laughs> oh, I didn't, mean to, I didn't mean to broadcast that, but yes, they are. But these guys, they're, they're trying to figure out, well, you know, I'm, who's going to be the greatest? Who's going to lead? It's okay. But here's the deal. You, you, you the head? He said, let them be the servant of all. Let, let him put his head out there first and say, okay. You walk across my back to get to safety. Okay, I, I, there's, a bang, there's a bang on the door. All right. All right. Who was that? I believe it was Chris Ballard, I think, one of them said this. He's like, look, I don't, but my wife, she's a hunter. She shoots things. She go hunting, she brings back stuff. But if we're lying in bed and some there's an intruder in the house, I'm not sending her downstairs to take care of it. Right here. But see, these guys, they're like, who's going to be the head? Who's going to be the chief? Who's the greatest? He said, if you're going to be the greatest, walk in lowliness. You serve those that you. The greatest thing that a leader could do is to learn to serve those who's walking with him. So break out the vacuum cleaner. Hi, honey. Sweep it up a little bit. How you doing? How do you... I remember when I Sue started working for the post office, which was, you know, it was good. It had its, had its benefits for a season. And I remember her walking. Of course, you know, working for the post office, she made more money than me. <laughs> That's not a newsflash. That's not breaking news. I understand. You know what I do for a living. Um, <laughs> and so, and so she would go to work. And she had to go, and, and so that's when I started the tradition of walking her to work. I walk her to work. <laughs> and people at the post, I say, well, you walk her to work every day. You know, it's snow on the ground. I mean, Pope thing got snow, got a snow pants on, snow hitting around the thighs. Yeah, but she's treasuring through the snow. You know, I could stay at home because my commute to work is about two minutes at best. I could be up, I could keep on my flip-flops in the middle of the winter, come to my office and do my thing. If I wanted to. You guys are like, no, 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 that's, that's, that's not a thing. And they were asking, why do you walk her to work? I said, here's the deal. She might make more money than I do. I don't care. I'm so good with that. That don't hurt my feelings whatsoever. There ain't no pride there. No, no shame in my game. You go, girl. Knock yourself out. But I told her, I said, she might make more money than I do, but she will not work harder than I do to see to her that she would get the best that she needs. So if that means that I'm going to walk her to work and I'm going to go down to work and walk her back home, I'll do it every day. I'll do it every day. Oh, you say you're the head? That's great. That don't mean you could stay in bed and eat bonbons while she go out and, and bust her hump to bring her. No, no, no. Get out. Get up, you go take care of the one whom God has trusted in your hands. 
<laughs> Mic drop. <laughs> this is these guys. I, I, I should, that was a rabbit trail that was bad, wasn't it? But here were these guys. One of the things that is that creates or help us to cultivate the spirit of unity and the bond of peace is to walk in lowliness, not to think of myself higher than I should and above anyone else. But see to it that you and you and you have the best that you can. When you sit in this house, it's my responsibility that you get what you need. And if I can't do it, God will cover it. I hope, I, I mean, ah, but my desire, I'm not saying I do a good job of it. I, I, you know, a lot of times it's just the roll of the dice. Trust me. <laughs> you know, and we just pray, Lord, protect them for what I'm about to say. You know, whatever. It just, just the Lord will bless you. But my heart should be you get the best that you can possibly have when you're in this house. Why? Because I'm the servant of all. That means I vacuum your house. If that's what's necessary, that's what we do. If that means, <laughs> you bet. I mean, I, there's times if I have to help, if, if you need me to come help you haul water, we'll haul water. Not because I need water, because you need help to get it hauled. Servant of all. And when I get above that, when we get above that, it's time to turn out the lights. The party's over. These guys, they had problems. Who's going to be the greatest? Who's going to be the chieftain? <laughs> and Jesus, I love it. What were y'all talking about? Nothing. <laughs> Just quiet. We ain't going to say nothing. <laughs> what are you talking about? Don't worry. I'm done. But then verse 36, it says, then he took a little child and set him on his in the midst of them. And when he had taken him in his arms, he said, whoever received one of these little children in my name receives me. And whoever receives me receives not me, but him who sent me. Lowliness is huge. Not false humility, self-abasement, for the sake of trying to look good, because I'm interested in just wondering how much self-abasement is laced with pride, but that's not my place to even work that out. Just a question. <laughs> Some people question Moses. Moses, most humblest person on all earth, alone all men, says Moses. I'm sure he was, uh, he, he was empowered by God to make that statement, but that's not my place either. I'm just saying. That's, we're going to move off this and we'll go on. We've got to wrap this up. Self-government is gentleness. Gentleness, it, it has the same hint and lace of lowliness, but it's also talking about meekness or um, mildness, being mild, not being um, arrogant to the point where not only I put myself above others, but the way I treat others becomes dangerous and harmful in a way. Um, I like this. But if you bite and devour one another, beware. At least you consume, be consumed by one another. Now, that's the New King James Version. I like the living translation, what it says. But if instead of showing love among yourselves, you are always critical and catty. Catty, really? Can we use that word in the Bible? Catty. Ain't that boy just catty. <laughs> You're catty. Watch out. Beware of ruining each other. Gentleness is the thing, one of the things that help us create this bond of peace because Kedrick is not catty. <laughs> He's not nagging. He's not bad. Just leave him alone. But I will say when pride and strife enter in, it will eat away at our joint ties. If I allow pride and strife and selfishness to be a part of my makeup, not that I would call it that, it just somehow entered in. It eats away at the joint ties. 
and my joints become vulnerable. The walk that I'm walking will be compromised, subject to the breaking away, and I find myself in agony and pain, unable to move forward in the call that God has called me to. So I said, watch it. Don't be catty. Don't, don't biting and devouring one another just trying to get to the top. Who's the greatest? I have a PhD, so I'm better. Right, Jesus? <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> Let me show you how this works. Bring me that child. Hadn't even gotten to first grade yet. But this right here, this is where it starts. This is where it's got to look like. Except you come as a child. I thought that was pretty interesting myself. Woo, hallelujah. <laughs> James said it like this. He says, where, where do wars and fights come from among you? Do they not come from your desire for pleasure, that war in your members? Where does the fighting come? Why are you so critical and catty? Because the lust that's working in you to be the greatest. Guys, really. Let's, let's work on that. But this is what, what I ask of you. Endeavor to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. Through lowliness, not putting myself above anyone else. Not using things in my life to get an advantage of someone else. Through gentleness, not hurting and wounding someone else because I have an advantage. Not being catty, not being an irritation, not being a clanging symbol. I believe Corinthians says, you know, it's just a clanging symbol. Woo, Kedrick is up here. Hey, Leo, hi, I'm better than you. Clang, 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 you know. No. What can I do for you, brother? It's a better sound can I do for you? It creates an atmosphere where the spirit, I love that term, the spirit of unity exists. And the spirit of unity cannot exist where there is cattiness. <laughs> Grumpy cat. My children love me. One more. Last one. We're going we're gonna to wrap this up, okay? In the church, say amen. We must be willing to give each other space for grace. Worked that in, didn't I? I might have to repent for that statement later, though, once the Lord revealed to me that that was catty. Um, last one is long-suffering. Lowliness, gentleness, and long-suffering. In other words, every, we're, all, we're all not in the same place. There's different one of us. We, our walk, you know, we come from different places. We didn't start at the same time. Not that it matters. We, we may not be in the same place. I may have you know, been in the game longer than you, but that don't mean that I'm... I'm any more mature than you. I, I, I may not be there yet. I may not. I may not have overcome that yet. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm, I may be saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost, but there is some areas in my life that God is still working on. And I ask you to endeavor, be diligent, to be long-suffering with me. Don't kick me to the curb because I couldn't get the recipe right just yet. But if I keep working. If I keep practicing, I might get it. And if I don't, just, just turn me over into the hands of the Lord and let's see what happens, right? Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering. I love that, long-suffering. Suffer long. <laughs> Some, ten years, you've suffered long, I understand. You've been with this guy. Bearing with one another, forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. And let the peace of God, 
rule. Let God's peace rule. Strengthen your junk, ties, your ligaments so that the peace of God, that word peace, I love it. One of the words in there, it means the exemption from the havoc of war. Where there was war in my heart, where there was war in our midst. He said, let the peace, let the exemption of war, the fight, let the fight be dissolved. Jesus has come to eliminate and to stop the war. He has waved the white flag and he has signed the peace treaty and he has said, come on, guys, whatever it takes, get in the line where you're creating an atmosphere. The un- <coughs> the air or the spirit of unity, not the, the appearance, but the spirit of unity that can rest He said, above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts. To which also you were called in one body. And what? Those last three words. And be thankful. How do we create and strengthen our joint ties? How do we strengthen our ligaments? See, some of these guys who've been injured playing these sports, they go through rehab. They go through PT. Personal tra- they go to personal trainers. They get their licks. Yeah, physical therapy. PT. P- what she said. Physical therapy. With personal trainers. Does that work? All right. There we go. Okay, I'm back on track here. Back on track. Now I feel the peace. I feel the peace right here. But they go through, they, they, they have to work at strengthening that ligament in those tendons after they've gone through and they've had things done in there. But they just can't sit up and say, okay, I'm just going to sit here and it's going to work itself out. No, 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 no. Got to work at it. Got to work hard at it. Sometimes Ketrick might have to swallow some things. You have to swallow some things. It's, it's not, and I learned that it's not all about him. <laughs> Did you know that? Did you know that? Dennis, it's not all about Ketri. Oh, if you think so, keep thinking that. And I would just saddle right up next to you and let you feed me all day long. <laughs> Until you get, find out the truth, then you're going to kick me to the curb. But that's a whole other story. But I have to work at it. Strengthen those joint ties so I can go forward. Now, I'm not going to go through these scriptures. If you have something, write it down. If you don't, if you want it, I can get it to you later. Fine. But why is it so important to endeavor for this peace, this unity? Number one, check this out. It gets God's attention. It really does. It gets his attention. Remember that story about the Tower of Babel? You know, they were building this tower. <laughs> And God came down, took a look at it like, huh, that's pretty impressive. <laughs> that's real impressive. Um, it's not right. Grant you, but it's impressive. And he said, and I've got to go down and I've got to disrupt this thing because as long as these guys are together, there's nothing they won't be able to accomplish. So I'm going to scramble their communication system. So we can stop this nonsense. But hey, I'm going to say it's impressive. But God took a look at the fact that these guys are doing something. They're accomplishing something that has never been done. Why? Because they were doing it together. It grabbed God's attention. It does. When we, at our best effort, try to walk this out, God stands up and take notice. And not only that. The second thing that it does, he pours out his anointing on it. He pours out his power that what we couldn't do, even at our best efforts, he'll jump in and say, you know what? I'll make up the difference. What you can do at your best effort, I will jump in and I will make up the difference. Remember when they were sitting there you know, on the day of Pentecost? Jesus gone. They're all scared. They were, they, you know, stuff are going to happen. Don't know what's going to happen. All of a sudden, they're sitting up in the room, in the upper room. And the scripture says they were there on one accord. They were there. It's like, you know what, guys? We, 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 
We've thrown out the idea who's going to be the greatest. We just want to be here to meet with the one who said he was coming back for us. And because we're here, we're praying the Holy Spirit that Jesus told that was going to happen, that God had promised, showed up and his anointing hit that place. And it's and thousands came to the Lord. So not only does God take notice of the fact that we are making efforts to get it right, but he will make up the difference where we can't even get it done. He knows that we're just dust and that my motives and operations sometimes get a little twisted and out of the way. But he said, you know what? That boy is trying. I'll give him that. The boy is trying. And the scripture says, where there is a willing mind, it is acceptable with the Lord. So just because you say, yes, Lord, that's all. Isn't that something? Isn't that something? Check this out. Just because I just said, you know, God, I messed up. Here I am. Sinner, I need your help. Lord, will you said, just because you said, yes, Lord, bam, here I am. You ain't done nothing yet. You ain't done nothing right. You ain't even done nothing wrong. But I'm making up the difference. I invite you in to a place where grace will make up the difference of all your frailties. I love that song when Jericho was singing it earlier. <laughs> and as you speak, a hundred billion failures disappear. I love it. I love it. And so when you and I, we say, God, I don't know how this is going to work. I'm having issues with my, in my family. I'm having issues in my church. I'm having issues on my job. And he might just ask you, well, what do you want? God, I just want you. I want your peace. Will you come? I'm going to do my part. I'm going to humble myself. I'm going to see to it that they get what they need. I'm going to see to it that I do not bring harm. God, I'm going to see to it that all that is within me, I'm going to try to live peaceably with all men. And he would come in and say, great, here's his anointing. I'll make up the difference. Bam. Why? Because you just wanted to. (laughs) Not because you could. Because you wanted to. I'll make up the difference. Because you've been called to it. So we're wrapping this up. Mm-hmm. When we walk in peace, one other part, it eases the burdens of others. It does. It, it, it just works out. We, we, we carry the load, the burdens of others that are around us. And we find that there's strength in numbers. And we also find that blessings flow. I'll read this. Out of Psalms 133, verse 1 to 3. Blessings flowing. Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious oil upon the head, running down the beard, the beard of Aaron, running down the edge of his garment. It is like the dew of Hermon descending upon the mountain of Zion. For there the Lord commanded blessings and life forevermore. How beautiful and how pleasant it is for brethren and sisterin. In case you're wondering, brethren and sisterin, sisterin and brethren to dwell together in unity. They worked on those joint ties. They got things strengthened so they're not dislocated. They walk strong. God's like, I'll bless that. I'll bless that. God, we don't have a lot to offer, but we're going to do it together. I'll bless that. Ken, if I remember correctly, Yvette, when you guys moved here, you guys lived in a tent beside somebody's garden. (laughs) And it did get winter. Well, you know, to me, at 3 o'clock in the morning in the summertime, it feels like winter. I mean, it's still cold. It's just cold. But here's the deal. It's kind of like, it doesn't matter that we're living in a tent, but we're together. We're together in a tent. You don't get more intimate than that. It's kind of like kids running around. You don't got a lot of playground space inside of a tent. I've slept in a tent. I've done that. I've camped. It was on purpose. I did that. It wasn't because I moved here and had to sleep in a tent. 
I was dragged out to a park somewhere to sleep on a tent in a tent and and you know what's that oh that that was kind <laughs> that was kind <laughs> Ken, why didn't you go in and get to bed? wasn't a thing wasn't even it didn't even cross the mind. Yvette, why didn't you go in and get to bed? Wasn't even a thing. Didn't even cross my... Because these were the ones who were responsible to create an atmosphere. To create something that the next generation would know what it looks like. Not to be self-serving, but to create a unity of peace. I may have taken a bed. I don't know. <laughs> no, it's... That wouldn't, have, that wouldn't have been a thing. God said, I'll bless that. And so now, we have a place where Kitra can come over and I don't have to sleep in a tent. They got a bed. No, that, they have a dollhouse, a glorified dollhouse that could sleep a family of three. <laughs> but God has blessed that. Because whatever they did, they did it together. So if I can encourage us as we're moving forward for God's kingdom purposes in our families, in our churches, in our businesses. I say, Lord, how, what do you want to do? Well, I want to create an atmosphere of unity and peace. And it may just start like this. Who needs it the most? Who needs it the most? You know, give more honor to the weaker vessel. I believe the scripture talks about. You're going to give more honor. You're going to honor the pinky toe. You're going to honor the big toe. The eyes don't get to get everything. The mouth don't get to get everything. Those that seem to be lacking. May they have leaders that will see to it if they get to the mountaintop. We were called to this, be those that create that atmosphere of peace and unity. Well, that's it. You can go home now. Um, not quite.